Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, uh, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Maybe subscribe if you feel like it. That would be awesome. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They provide home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. Yeah, I mean, you totally stole my thunder again. I'm going to do it anyway, whatever. Do it. Yeah, so like Kate said, we air every other Wednesday on your podcast network of choice, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, anywhere you can get a podcast, we're absolutely going to be there. If you don't want to be bothered with, like, are they new this week? Is it next week? Because it's every other week. Just subscribe. NJBIA.org slash subscribe. They'll let you know whenever we're new. So with us today from Hummel Marketing, Hummel Integrated Marketing Solutions is Mark Hurwitz. So, Mark. Say hi, let the audience hear your voice. Hey, hi, Mark Hurwitz, um, Hummel Integrated Marketing Solutions. Uh, we are a commercial printer and direct mail house based in Union, New Jersey. And it's a fourth generation family business, been around since 1884. Wow, that's wow. a really cool story. Um, All right, excellent. So we're gonna get more into what you do, but first we're gonna ask you an icebreaker question. Would you rather have a completely automated home or a self-driving car? It's an either or here? Yep. Yeah. I would probably say the home. Mm. Uh, self-driving cars make me a little nervous, even though my son-in-law has a Tesla and I've driven in it and, and it's almost self-driving mode. But What's it, almost self-driving mode? Talk, talk more about that. <laughs> uh, literally, we drove to a, uh, a wedding, uh, my wife and I and my daughter and my son-in-law, uh, in a Tesla X on Eastern Long Island. And when I guess we got over like the George Washington Bridge, he put it into auto mode and the car drove itself to Long Island for literally, uh, he, you know, he, he would touch the wheel when it got a warning signal. And uh, Wait, what gives it so, a warning? Uh, the, well, the, all the sensor package, uh, if somebody starts to drift into your lane or... Uh, uh, and it can't handle that? Um, I'm not sure, okay? Mm. Uh, I this was is just, the almost in the, the almost, almost. But it yeah. does give you warnings, uh, and uh, it, it literally almost drove, drove us all the way out to the destination uh, without any real human intervention. And that is including, because uh, he set the cruise and everything. So if you were wanted to stay at 55 miles an hour, uh, it would pass when it could and go back into lane. And It would it was, pass? Yeah. All by itself? Uh, at least it seemed to me. Uh, again, I'm sure you Tesla owners out there will, you know, probably phone in or email in. Please do. It was very, very impressive. But, but I'm very old school, and I don't know if I can fully trust um, mm -hmm. a vehicle that's driving itself. Especially um, when it's almost driving itself. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah. anyway, uh, you know, I, I hope you can get some guy from Tesla to come in because it's really neat technology. Mm. I have driven, I have test driven one myself besides, uh, uh, you know, riding in my uh, son-in-law's and I believe I even drove his car once. Um, it's a very cool piece of technology and a rocket ship because it's, a, you know, electric and mm -hmm. when you stomp on the accelerator, it's like Star Wars. It's like... <laughs> wow. You know, um, so that's so, that is so that, exactly how I would answer as well. I would prefer the house to the car because the house I don't think could kill me. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> I know. Uh, think it could I know. Kill so now I'm thinking about Hal from. Uh, sure. Yes. 2001: A Space Odyssey. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
But when I think of a fully automated house, I think of like Alexa's in every room and, you know, automated lights as I walk toward the room and, you know, um, a Roomba just to just handle everything and the, the fridge cleans itself and the oven cleans itself. And that's what I imagine a, a fully automated home is like. And if the choices between that and the car, even if the car wouldn't ever kill me, I'd just much rather drive myself to work and not worry about the house. It'd be mm. great if the house just handled itself. It's a much bigger job. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, don't, don't don't watch, like, uh, besides 2001, like, iRobot. Yeah, iRobot. Right. <laughs> Talk about the house killing you. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I have the fully integrated house. I think I'm still going to go with that. I mean, I don't have a self-cleaning refrigerator. I don't even know how that would work. Like, a little robot hand just picks out the milk. And, like, <laughs> you know, but. So, in my head, what I imagine that to be is like you have to clean out the contents yourself. Okay. But then you close and lock the fridge and put in soap like as if it were a dishwasher and you turn it on and it just like suds up and hot water and like fully cleans the inside of your fridge for you and then the water drains out like as if it were also part dishwasher. Hmm. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be, but I mean like how often are you really doing that with the fridge anyway, like doing the cleaning, you know? I mean, you should do it pretty regularly. That's what but I'm saying. We don't do it as I mean, often We do as it we like should. once a year, you know, like... I haven't done it once in so... Once a year? Once a year, like a full scrubbing out of the inside oh, of the fridge, okay. you know, like soap and water and all that. Maybe, probably about once a year, I, you th know? I thought we were getting into the odd couple here where, you know, is it very old meat or very new cheese? Yeah. <laughs> No, like going through and like deciding, all right, is this expired? That happens on the regular. Yeah. But you know, like it, it's so much water. work. Work taking literally everything out I of the agree. fridge. It's just it never happens. I but, agree. Yeah. Other than that, I've got pretty much everything else automated. It's it's nice, you know. And like the self-driving car thing scares the crap out of me. So yeah. yeah. Although I am so curious to learn more about it. Like mm -hmm. I've yeah. I, passing all by itself. Yeah. That just seems. Impossible, but maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a true thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a tech junkie. Emerging technologies always really excite me. And I, I was watching a movie. It was Logan, and uh, Logan. yeah, Logan takes place something like 10, 20 years in the future. Right. And if it was one of those things where if you weren't paying attention, you'd miss it. But they were driving somewhere, and as the trucks were passing them, they didn't have, I guess you would call them cockpits. Like, there, there was no area Whoa. where a human being could sit. But they weren't, like, pointing it out or playing it up. It was just one of those things. Like, matter of life, we don't need drivers anymore. You know, like... I miss that. I'm going to have to rewatch that. I know. Movie. And th that was one of those things. Like, I was like, wow, yeah. I mean, it would change the world, you know? I mean, you could just think about all the things that would happen once, like, the, automated cars are totally 100%. We trust them, which we're not there yet. But one day, we probably will be. That's the Teamsters Union. I was just I know, thinking I about the union. They would not <laughs> yeah. be happy. I wonder how they're reacting to that now. You know, I mean, That's, but it is coming. Yeah. yeah, this is all coming in our lifetime, or at least in your lifetime. I mean, hey, I mean, come on. <laughs> I think it's coming. Soon it's coming in your think. lifetime. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if we're getting to a point where there just will not be drivers on the road within maybe even our lifetimes, but yeah. I mean, I mean there certainly will be passengers, like. If, yeah. if I'm in a self-driving car, do I get in the passenger side? But, like, do you believe that there will not, like, we will be at a point where there is literally nowhere to sit in the front of the car? Like, they don't even build the section of the car for you to sit in within our lifetimes? I don't think so. No. I think, first of all, we're always going to have, like, 
classic cars on the road. Even classic could be like 2019. <laughs> <laughs> By that point. A, a driving car, right? Yeah. A self-driving car, but yeah. now now the classic car is one that you have a steering wheel. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. But me neither. Yeah, the, the houses are nice. I mean, there's there's always the trade-off, you know. There are sometimes where I'll like mute the thing because it's very Big Brother, and I don't want it listening to like whatever I'm saying. But you know, the the trade-offs are, are worth it. So um, I recently learned that Alexa records yeah everything that you say, every query, every request, yeah. and I'm not. And then a lot of excess stuff too. You know, you have to go in and like delete stuff that you don't want it to keep track of, you know? She also records excess stuff? So, I like how you called it she, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, in my heart, she's a she. In your heart of hearts, it's a girl. <laughs> now, um, yeah, if it, if it mistakenly thinks that you said the wake-up word, and I won't do it for the sake of our people yeah. listening to this in a house or whatever, then it starts to listen for like a good 20 or 30 seconds, and it'll just record whatever it is. And so, there's a lot of words that sound like you know what I'll just say it. there's a lot of words that sound like echo so if that's your wake word you know um, some people use computer as their wake word and that can come up in conversation every so often you know Amazon is one of the possible wake words that comes up in our lives a lot more often than you would think you know, you know? I set mine up differently I have a routine I don't have a wake word so I so how do you talk to it so in the in the morning after the alarm goes off I'll like start to do a little meditation and then at I think I have it set for 5.40, she will say something like, good morning, and give me the weather and traffic just for the day without me asking for it. There is mm. no wake word. So then you don't like turn on and off the lights or anything? I do. I do do that. So what do you do with that? I say, Alexa, bedroom on. There's your wake word. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh wake. So I thought you it... meant when I wake up. You oh. mean when to get her to wake yes. up. Yes. So if it I don't... thinks <laughs> it heard the wake word, it'll do right. it. It happens in my car a lot. I was listening to... Uh, the Lost World, or no, sorry, Jurassic Park, and one of the characters' names is Lex. It was the girl, oh. and it it constantly thought it was hearing me say Alexa, and I'm like, no, for sake, <laughs> you know, can we just can we get on board with the idea that one of the characters in this novel is named Lex? That's funny. Yeah, but and then like it'll just record the next twenty seconds of whatever it hears or so. And you know how to delete the recordings? Yeah, you can go in and do it, but like you know, it's it's tedious. Plus, my kid is triggering it like all day long. Like my kid will walk up to it and just like start talking to it, and then it hears whatever we're doing in the background. So, yeah. And and this could be very Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Mega, yeah. mega data. So yeah. I'd like to see like you know much like I'd like improvements to the cars, I'd like improvements to the houses. You know, I mean, I think there's definitely room for improvement. It's also very um, choppy. Like, you know, I have to give very specific commands to get it to do what I want to do. I want, like, you know, in the movies where you can just have a flowing conversation with this. I mean, that's going to take, like, much better AI, which is a very scary thing in the first place. Yeah. But it would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah. I agree. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with that out of the way, Mark, tell us more about... Uh, I want to get this right. Hummel Integrated Marketing Solutions. Yeah. Hummel Integrated Marketing. See, when he, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put this on the table. When he came in, it was just Hummel, and then he was like, no, 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 it's Hummel Integrated Marketing Solutions, and I'm like, I'm never gonna remember that. <laughs> but you but did. I did. So booyah. Well done. <laughs> no, go ahead. Good. Well, uh, Hummel uh, is a commercial printer and a direct mail house. Uh, it started out in 1884. Uh, printing handbills and putting newsboys in wagons, taking them to Newark and Elizabeth and distributing these handbills door to door. And that was before there was direct mail. Handbills for wow. what? 
you know any any kind of thing you know uh, you know hair tonic and you mm. know uh, apples or what, whatever advertising that we think today is direct mail there was no direct mail it's not with you century. today but do you have any like back in the office Un like, unfortunately that I would be so if, cool if like there was like we, a little a glass you know frame we, up on the wall with like one of the I, original I should ask John Hummel if he has any stashed in the great. family archive there is a wonderful picture of great granddad on the wall mm. the founder of the business uh, then, in the early 20th century, we got into direct mail when the post office invented direct mail. We do so much direct mail today, we actually have our own post office in the building, which is very unique for a printer. The post office wasn't around until the early 20th century? No, no. Direct mail. Direct mail as, oh. a, as a thing. Like, you know, business standard direct mail, the kind of thing that the post office promotes every day and has for oh, over okay. a century was invented as a type of way of expanding the U.S. Post Office and obviously advertising business and, and uh, marketing business. Um, obviously, as we've talked about technology, everything is, you know, changed and direct mail has shrunk, but now it's expanding again because what has happened? Our inboxes, mm -hmm. okay, our email inboxes in business, and at home, I just flooded with junk mail. And all we do is spend our time going delete, 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 delete. We yeah. all do it. Yeah. Pro tip, unsubscribe. And, for a reason. Yeah. And our mailboxes have become empty-er. So now when you go to your mailbox and somebody sends you a direct mail piece, there isn't that much advertising clutter in your mailbox, your mm. physical mailbox. You might actually look at it. Well, you actually do look at it because as you stand over your recycling bin, you make a conscious <laughs> decision and you look you look at it. You don't, you know, your email, delete, gone. Did you even look at the subject line? No, because yeah. you, if you weren't looking for it or if it isn't something you've subscribed to, mm -hmm. it isn't of interest to you. Now, you're standing over your recycling bin and you actually look at it and make a decision. Oh, hey, wait a minute. This is something that I might use. And you put it in the bill rack or you put it on that, you know, little pile where you keep stuff. And meanwhile, oh, this isn't for me. And it goes right into the recycling bin. Wow. But you've read the message. I like how you're, um, I don't even know if there's a word for this, but the amount of time, you know, ideally someone is looking at an ad, you are basically saying it's like right here standing over the recycling bin and you get three seconds or so. That's that's scary from a marketing perspective, well, you know? but you make that decision, are you going to digest it by putting it aside? Mm. Whereas with a an e-blast, yeah. Right? It, it doesn't even get opened. It doesn't even get mm. read. It's gone. Yep. So you have that either possible three-second look mm. or longer or nothing, zero. Uh, I think the statistics I read recently was that uh, a sale from an e-blast comes out like 0 0.00125 where direct mail is still pulling like 1% or 2% completion where wow. people will actually react to it. Now, with direct mail, you still have to connect in this day and age with a web address, with a QR code, with a, uh, um, uh, a personalized URL, with um, augmented reality, uh, AR, which is hmm. the latest and the greatest, where you can do print and you can scan it with your phone and suddenly, you know, you have... I've never heard stuff. that phrase, augmented reality. So augmented AR. reality is like, all right, Pokemon Go, you know, like... Um, 
You had your. You didn't get into that at all. Everybody on Earth but Kate got into Kate, uh, Pokemon Go for like a week there. Right. So you would be carrying your phone around, and your phone was looking at you know this wall or that tree or whatever. And then all of a sudden, a little Pokemon would walk out, and if you were looking through your phone, you'd watch him walking out in front of that tree. But obviously, he's not there in real life. That's augmented reality. It's like adding a little something to the reality you're looking at. So. Huh. Uh, yeah, and, and with augmented reality on a, on a print piece, whereas a QR code, you scan it, you go to one website, augmented reality, you could have many triggers on that page, so when you hold your phone up and you're looking at it, suddenly you could see those triggers, and when you hit that, you can go to more than one place, so depending on the messaging, you could get huh. different things from one ad. It's it's really very interesting technology and it runs off of a print piece. To wrap up about direct mail, since we've been a major player for over a hundred years with the post office, we do so much in volume that we have our own post office in the building, we can actually offer our customers low, the lowest possible postage rates uh, and faster service. Uh, we're doing all the work for the post office. The post office actually gives Hummel a discount because we're doing all the work and we bring it back to their, their DMU, their uh, direct mail unit post office in the back of our building, um, all they have to do is weigh it, verify it, and put it on the truck. Done. Okay, we've done everything else. We've done all the sorting, training, the paperwork, whatever, and it's gone and therefore um, we also get it speeded along because instead of going in the bottom of the mail stream, by putting it on the platform at the local post office and then having to have it get sorted out and then trickle down and sort it out again, we get a day or more uh, quicker delivery because when it leaves the back of my building, it is in the mail stream. Hmm. So the direct mail part of the business is a one that has stabilized and is growing. We're about to go into political season. If you think about it, about to. <laughs> the, polit the, the political mail is a major part of our business, other, mm -hmm. and, and we do all sorts of consumer uh, uh, business to consumer, consumer uh, business to business. Um, uh, if you guys uh, um, get any circulars or postcards from uh, Shoprite Wake Firm, sure, uh, they're probably one of our biggest corporate accounts. Uh, we um, uh, do all of um, uh, their work. So if you got those in your mailboxes, we printed it, we mailed it. Um, political season, the national guys can tweet and get coverage everywhere. Mm -hmm. But do you know who is your city councilman? Mm -hmm. Do you know who your freeholder is? Do you know who your state senator is? All the local politicians have to I know to the answers to some of those things, yeah. and I'm not going to cop to which ones. So there you go. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Some at all. But to, to be able to get their message to their constituents. The only way to do that in, uh, is really direct mail to get that important message on election day to go in the mailbox to tell their story. Mm -hmm. And we do a huge amount of uh, political direct mail every year um, where they're running us 24-7. And uh, we've done everything from um, uh, national campaign of 25 million postcards mailed nationwide out of the back of our building uh, to the local uh, you know city councilman um, you know where you're doing you know, thousands um, so it's all a matter of scale um, so you know uh, it, it's uh, a, a interesting part of the business 
the growing part of our business is our commercial print. And um, in commercial printing, uh, we both do digital and offset. Uh, we have invested on the digital side, the latest and greatest is um, our uh, Konica Minolta KM1 uh, wow. digital press. Uh, it's about a, I think, a million and a half dollars worth of technology. Wow. It's, uh, it's the size of a, a large truck. Could have bought like three Teslas or something, you yeah. uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what's great about this is um, this thing can um, uh, run on a uh, 23 by 29 inch sheet. So instead of, up to this point, all digital presses were kind of like a copy machine where you had to cut the sheet down and put it in a draw, uh, which limits how many pieces mm -hmm. you can put up on a sheet of paper. This is built on a press technology. It's uh, got a Konica uh, Minolta top, brain, and head, and the bottom of it is a Komori uh, uh, printing press, uh, offset press. It's also um, UV inkjet, uh, which is the latest technology. So when it prints, it goes through UV lights. Yeah, I was going to say, what does the ultraviolet light do for the printing? It, it instantly sets the ink. So when it comes out, so it's, it's dry. both wa dry, waterproof, and scratchproof. I'm so, impressed. So, okay. So oh. that allows us to print on um, all kinds of substrates. We can print on paper. We can print on Faces, uh, apparently. Uh, textured stock, <laughs> canvas. Um, uh, this one is uh, pressure-sensitive material that can go on windows and walls. Um, you know, cover stock, flexible vinyl, uh, synthetic paper. Uh, you can print on all these different stocks because you're literally inkjetting the ink on, and then it is being cured instantly uh, when it comes out. Looks so beautiful for an inkjet. It, it is. It's incredible technology. Uh, and being that it's digital, it gives us full variable capability. So for instance, with ShopRite, you're probably now seeing uh, more and more personalized coupons. Instead of just getting general coupons on your postcard, you're suddenly getting a piece where there's specific coupons because they know from your cash register tape what you're buying. So now they're sending mm. you something saying like, oh, um, Hey, here's a promotion on uh, Pampers. Uh, but uh, by the way, uh, you know, steak is on sale, and we're, you know, Big brother. I know, right? We were just talking yeah, about that. So they it's know, they scary. know what. So they, to get you to come back in the store, wow. a couple of those coupons are things you always buy, mm. and they're mixing it up. But we can print on that 23 by 29 inch sheet, you know, uh, a number of different postcards all at the same time, all of them personalized, all of them addressed, and all of them with personalized um, ads yeah. with, with, with personalized coupons to that uh, recipient. Mm -hmm. And that is where the future of like direct mail is because the whole thing is what's the message going to the consumer? Mm -hmm. it's, it's that individualized uh, thing for that call to action. And if you're sending me something that's all about Mark Hurwitz and what I like and what I buy, you know, if you if you send me a promotional piece and it's got pictures of Gen Xers on it, how's it going to speak to me mm -hmm. when I'm a baby boomer? And vice versa, would you send something to my daughter, you know, who's just turned 30, something with senior citizens, and expect her to react? Mm -hmm. Where you can now 
change and swap out the pictures Wow. Uh, and, and do this all on the press. All of these uh, pieces of information are kept on the memory on the press and driven by a database, told when to drop into their little boxes. So you build a template, you drop all this information in. Brave new world in which we live and grow. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting you started this out about self-driving vehicles yeah. and uh, self-cleaning houses. Yeah, we had no and, idea where we were going in this direction. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, in, in, in our business... Wait, 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 so how do you tie it to the specific person? Because, like, it's not like I have a... I guess I do have an account at ShopRite. Never yeah. mind. All right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, ShopRite knows all about yeah. you. Sure. You know, and probably knows more about you than you want to know. I guess so. And, I, mean, uh, I guess as long as it's convenient for me, like you're giving me coupons to things I would otherwise buy, I mean, hey, great. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Because right, they want you to come back to them. Sure. Not go down to the next local supermarket or the supermarket in the next town. They want yeah. you to go. Uh, you know, to them to do that. But I mean, does it, anybody really go to the next town for groceries? Like, if you don't have to, like, you know, I mean, if you have, like, a perfectly good, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes. I just know in my neighborhood, like, ShopRite has no competitor. You know, like, it, we shop there because know. it's good and because we don't really have much of a choice. Uh, yeah. So if they want to give me coupons that are tailored to me, great. But if they didn't, I don't know that I... <laughs> for a long time. Being in New Jersey... You know, uh, and and everything because of competition in the world, everything is like one strike baseball. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can order you can order your groceries online. Oh yeah. You know, if you walk into a supermarket now and the aisles are dirty or mm -hmm. it's cluttered, it isn't convenient. They don't have they don't have the brand you want to get. Yeah. Then yeah, you know what? When I'm driving home, I go past uh, that other competitor. Mm. I'll stop in there, mm -hmm. you know. And then if you stop in there, and suddenly it's cleaner, yeah. or it's got what you, you know, all of a sudden I get you. You know, uh, it, it's a very competitive world out there. I agree. So um, mm -hmm. uh, so variable information printing is is our future, and that's why we've invested in the latest technology. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. there's still a place in the world for offset printing. Uh, we have two. Uh, Heidelberg 40-inch presses, uh, which uh, are the traditional offset presses. They're six-color with coating, uh, and there, if you have a static postcard like those political mailings, mm -hmm. we'll be cranking them out by the hundreds of thousands on a standard, you know, offset press. So we've got um, uh, the KM1 for the high-end um, uh, and. Uh, uh, short run and VI. We've got the uh, offset. We have smaller presses, um, um, and we also have uh, smaller uh, digital uh, Konicum and Altus, uh, you know, for uh, doing simple projects. So we hope to be a one-stop shop when somebody needs either a commercial printer or direct mail. And we're certainly not, you know, a uh, a quick printer that you know you're pulling off the highway or you run down to you know the yeah, like corner to make Xerox. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know we're, we're you know we are a commercial outfit. We'll we'll take on small jobs and and we do a lot of small jobs, but uh, we're, you know we're set up to um, uh, work with um, uh, you know uh, major players and uh, we work with a lot of designers. On our direct mail side, we have a lot of printers that send us work that they've printed, and they'll just use us as a mailing house. Sure. So uh, uh, it's, it's an interesting world of uh, uh, you know, where we are in a um, uh, changing, um, a changing print environment. That's really that is a lot of information. <laughs> I feel like I got a nice education there. So I think we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And then when we come back, we're going to play a quick game. Cool. All right.
And we're back, and it is now time to play the game that I love the most called Awful or Awesome. I'm going to name three things, and we each have to decide quickly if they're awful or awesome and be prepared to defend our answers. Ready? Okay. First up, historical movies and TV shows. Aha. Yes. Now, <laughs> I, I mention historical movies and TV shows because you happen to have a specialty when it comes to stuff like this. Wait, wait. So let me just ask a clarifying question. Yes. Are we talking about really old movies or movies about really old things? Movies about really old things. Okay. Historical events. Movies sure. about historical events. Okay. Yeah. So like Gone with the Wind yep. or The Cult of Outlander, Everybody Under the Sun. Although now Gone with the Wind would probably fall into both categories. but yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally right. Sure. Uh, go ahead. Well, uh, my 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 background, my avocation when I'm not out selling um, uh, print marketing material uh, is that I uh, do Revolutionary War reenacting. As a matter oh, cool. of fact, I um, am a past commander of the Brigade of the American Revolution, which is the national organization dedicated to recreating the life and times of the common soldier of the American Revolution. Uh, so we, we, we were literally sitting at NGBIA headquarters on Lafayette Street in Trenton, New Jersey. Shout out. Around the corner from yep. the Trenton Barracks, yep. which yep. was the focal point of the Battle of Trenton. Uh, and Yeah, so uh, if you ever go down to the barracks, you know, stop by. Yeah, yeah. come visit. And, and um, the, uh, uh, I have not only done the reenactment of the Battle of Trenton since the bicentennial, but for at least the last 10 years, I've had the... Uh, Great pleasure of being asked by the uh, Old Barracks Museum to narrate the battle for the public, both at the Battle Monument on the top of the hill and at Mill Hill Park. Mm. So um, uh, I've, I've had uh, the uh, uh, honor of uh, becoming the uh, Howard Cosell of the American Revolution mm. because I've been narrating uh, reenactments at uh, Monmouth Battlefield, um, uh, the Battle of Springfield this year in Springfield, New Jersey, uh, Battle of Stony Point uh, in uh, the Hudson Valley, so uh, it, it's 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 a fun avocation uh, in uh, doing that. But because the Brigade of the American Revolution is all about authenticity, um, when it comes to Hollywood, um, I guess I'm going to have to say they that would be awful, awful. because oh. the costume movies um, are for the most part pretty awful. Yeah. And, and for somebody, my wife and I, my wife's in the hobby also, uh, when we, you know, you go and you sit in the theater and if they, if they don't get it right, it just, you What's just, your margin of error? Uh, <laughs> ours is pretty high. Oh, know? okay. Right. But, but when they get, they do get it right, you know, it's like, hey, they, the, the people really paid attention or they got the right advisors or they tried really hard mm -hmm. and you really, they, that that usually sucks you right in. Mm -hmm. Can you think um, of one that you saw that you thought really did do it particularly well? Yeah. Um, or even one on the opposite end of the well, spectrum, one that you were it, just it, freaking out it, in the theater, like, come on! You know, uh, like like a period piece that was like awesome was a movie Dangerous Liaisons uh, with Glenn mm. Close. I don't know. Michelle if you, Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Glenn Close. The, 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 now that was post-revolutionary. It's like 1780s, 1790s, you know, pre-French Revolution. Mm -hmm. uh, but the clothing was spectacular. They really did it to the nines yeah. and got it right. Hmm. And it added so much to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you know, you get movies like, 
Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Yeah. Where, where part of it is wonderful, yeah. and they got a lot of things right, and then they get to some of the stuff awful. My wife, like, cringed when the one of the heroines is running around in her stays. And as a gentlewoman, a she would never be stays with the undergarment, oh, okay. that, uh, that stiffened bone corset. The, the corset. Okay. Right. But as a as an upper class Southern woman, you know, who owned a, owned a plantation, mm. no way you're going to be running was. around in your corset in front in, in, in you know in front of the help and what everybody thinking, else. Yeah. You know what were they thinking? <laughs> you know, sure it, they were thinking could, skin sells movie tickets. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nothing like a corset to get the guys going. Year, years ago, the Brigade of the American Revolution was actually hired as extras for Alan Alda's movie called Sweet Liberty. I, you probably could get it streaming. Huh. It was I've never heard of big. It. It was very cute, and the premise was, uh, and we, we worked very closely with Alan Alda, uh, who's from North Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, he had said that the Hollywood people came to him and said, write us a mash about the American Revolution. Oh my God. And he realized he couldn't. You can't make the American Revolution funny. Mm -mm. Um, I mean, even Hamilton isn't funny. No. Um, but... What he did was he turned it around and said, what does Hollywood do to history? And he wrote a movie about a college professor who writes a history book that gets bought by Hollywood. And huh. then the director goes about trying to make a Hollywood movie from history. And uh, I think he said that with the three major things, uh, you got to uh, defy authority, destroy property, and take your clothes off. <laughs> so that, that was the three themes of the movie. And he, you know, uh, it, it's 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 an amusing movie. I would really Sweet Liberty. Sweet Liberty by Alan Alda. All right. uh, I believe it was the early '80s, mid '80s that it came out. Have to check that uh, out. Check it out. It's it's a kind of a lost classic, but it's an Alan Alda movie, and like Michelle it. Pfeiffer's in it. Wow. Was 1776 pretty funny? Like I'm trying to remember. The best. musical. Yeah, the yeah. musical. No. no? Well, I remember there being some comedic no. moments. There were moments, but when he says wasn't... like you can't make the the American Revolution funny. That was well, the first thing that jumped in there. You no, know, you, you you know you do have a point there. Yeah. But then again, it was a Feeny musical. From a... It was a musical comedy. It was a, yeah, but... yeah, it, was a it was a musical. <clears> but you know when you think of Mash, you know <clears> which was a black comedy. Yes. Right dark humor and stuff but you know uh, you can't you know I can see where Alan Alda was coming from because if you even look at Hamilton and there are amusing things going sure. on and there's you know uh, uh, even amusing songs mm -hmm. but it, it's not like it's not comedy it's not comedy it's not slapstick and you can only go so far when you take these iconic people mm -hmm. um, uh, from from the founding generation of, of our history, uh, even though I do believe that George Washington put his britches on one leg at a time, like everybody else did. So mm -hmm. it's it, you know he's not a man of marble; he was a human being. Um, so I vote that the costume movie would be, for the most part, awful. Um, unless they try really hard. I would have to um, say the same. Um, but mostly, I don't notice the clothes and the guns and things like that. Mm. I notice the history. If they get, like, a piece of the history substantially wrong, it really bothers me. Okay. Like, um, oh, Can God. Can you name an example? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to think of her name. Catherine of Aragon, I think. Uh, Henry VIII's first wife was Catherine of Aragon. 
and she was a Spanish princess, and she's very often portrayed as dark, as very dark hair, kind of dark skin, um, but she was actually, had very light hair, very pale, she w but, but because movies, movie producers think, oh, she's Spanish, she's going to be kind of dark. She wasn't at all. She was very fair. Um, so that's just one tiny little... Okay. Yeah, but I hate but it when they get the history. When they get the history. Right. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I try not... I'm a lover of all movies. I, I try know. not to discriminate on any genre. I feel like... Um, if I'm willing to suspend a little bit of disbelief for something like a Star Wars or a Star Trek, I'm willing to dis suspend a little of it for historical fiction as long as it's not egregious or, you know, in the same way that I wouldn't suspend belief for something egregious in like a sci-fi film. You know, if it was really, really wrong and it was like The Patriot was one of those examples where even as a high school student I knew that that was like really off. Yeah. But there are some really good ones. I, I loved um, Life is Beautiful is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's about World War II. Um, oh my god, I loved that movie. Yeah. Um, I cried and I cried in the theater when like, oh my god. I know, right? It was like the, the oh. waterworks were going off, you know? And yeah. I, I never stopped to be like, you know, how are the costumes in this? How are, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. the story gets you and you just get wrapped up in it. You know, on the other end of the spectrum, Inglorious Bastards was a pretty good movie, and yeah. there's basically nothing about that that's like anywhere near historically. <laughs> that's accurate. true. It's one of my so you just gotta like turn your brain off and say like, all right, how's, how's the movie? Even though in that case you wish that was this. Yeah. You do. I totally do. That would be amazing. Um, you mentioned the barracks. Kate and I recently were at the uh, the barracks. Yeah, we took right it. here. We took the children during Take Your Child to Work Day over there, and you mentioned the conditions of the American Revolution soldier. Which were awful, awful, as far as we were led to believe. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I haven't really seen a movie. I mean, I'm not saying they don't exist, but I haven't really seen one to really show you like how bad it was. Not in combat. You always see movies that are like combat is terrible. Yeah. But just like sleeping in the barracks. I mean, I was stunned. I couldn't believe yeah. how many people they fit into like a five by yes. five with like three bunk beds or naked. Toted. And, to and, giving and each era. other, you know, they were giving each other smallpox deliberately and so that yes. they wouldn't like die from it. And, <clears throat> and, and uh. the fact that in the 18th century, they thought bathing was a bad thing. I know, mm. I know. So I'm thinking, can you imagine the smell? The smell of the and the lice. I'm just yeah. thinking all of the bacteria and the. Ugh, I can't. That's why I just couldn't imagine. I'm, they're they're explaining how everybody was naked in the beds together with the smallpox and the lice, and, and I'm like. Can I just sleep on the floor? You know, like, can I just go you know, on the road? Can I go home? Can I maybe like D and list? <laughs> I believe in the cause and all, but you know. I'd like to be a pacifist. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Having studied this, uh, I, I have nothing but the greatest admiration for those common soldiers yeah. um, uh, because they were all Iron Men. Mm. Uh, I don't know how we in the 21st century. Um, we're could soft. survive if we were thrown back under those conditions? Could we really? Are you survive? kidding me? If I don't soft. have my exact bed with my exact <laughs> pillow with the fan on, you know, like I'm not sleeping. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah. All right. So I think we're all agreed. Yeah. We, okay, okay. So moving on. Next one is customer service, and you and I bonded over the phone on our mutual hatred of some of the customer service experiences that we've had. Um, Currently, I'm in the midst of a customer service battle with my water provider, and it's not like a, a Wait, like, um, utility. Oh, I was going to say, like, no. utility? Okay. No, so I don't like the taste of the water that comes on my faucet. So I was buying... Filtering. No, I'm not... No. 
Because why how do you know that the filter you works? Filter because how do you know that the filter's working? Because you get a good filter. Uh, uh, that's, what, good what do you have to like test it chemically? Is that what you're know, asking maybe. me? How do you know that the water you're getting delivered is totally it's clean? Good. It tastes good. I mean, water shouldn't taste like anything, right? I agree, which is yeah. why I... Her water tastes like something. Her ta mm. It tastes like something. There's right. a weird aftertaste. Right. The, when I discovered the that lead. there's... I discovered that there's an acceptable level of arsenic. Arsenic? In all water. And I was like, nope. Tapping out. Don't... I'm not... Mm -mm. So anyway, I, I now subscribe to... some people just can't hold their arsenic, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well played. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, I get a, a water delivery service now. I have like a, a, like a water cooler bubbler in my house with like three gallon bottles and I ha they get delivered and then they get picked up and when they're empty and I'm having a situation where they're just they keep messing up the delivery and the pickup so I've got uh, I currently have what do you have to like sign fit or, for it or something no they just don't tell me in enough time so I get the reminder when I'm already at work versus mm. the night before when I could just put out the empties so I currently have 11 empty three gallon water bottles in my living room kind of annoying. Yeah, I can imagine. It's kind of annoying. So anyway, I've called their Can you imagine service. how much less space a filter would take up in your house? <laughs> <laughs> not willing to have that conversation. Are you trying to sell filters here? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm not willing to do that. But um, anyway, I've called their customer service line multiple times in the last two weeks, and it's just, there's no resolution. There's, there's yeah. no help. There's no discount. There's no help for my pain and suffering. It's just, oh, sorry. Hmm. We'll, 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 we'll reschedule that. Will you? Will you really reschedule it? Will it really happen this time? We hope so. Hmm. <laughs> That's what she said to me today. We, we, we hope so. so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of uh, customer service right now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think like you could have some amazing customer service experiences and some awful ones. I, I, uh, Amazon's a good example, like um, mm. on both ends of the spectrum. Like usually Amazon will send me something and it's broken and I, I just tell the website like, yeah, it arrived broken and they're like, oh yeah, send it back. Before we even get it, we're going to send you the replacement. You'll have it tomorrow. Great. Uh -huh. But sometimes like my fire TV stick died, you know, just out of nowhere. We were watching TV and it just stopped. And you know, they give you some tips on the website and how to fix it. None of it worked. It was dead. So I jumped on the thing and I was totally expecting them to be like, oh yeah, just send it back. You'll have another one tomorrow. No, I was in an hour and a half conversation with them. You know, like the chat conversations because, you know, you can't call them anymore. No, you can't. Yeah. So, and they, they were telling me to like go through, try this, try this. I'm like, it's dead, Jim. Like, it's just <laughs> Jim. not working. <laughs> like, it was driving me crazy. And I'm, it got to a point where I'm just like, look, it's broken. What are you going to do? You know, and they, they have me giving them the serial number and my model TV and all this. And I'm like, it's broken. It's within the warranty period. Just tell me that you'll take it back and be done. An hour and a half or so later, you know, they finally arrived at that point. And I was just like, it drives you nuts, you know? That's Time awesome. is the most precious thing we have, so I, I hate it when they waste it. You know what you were just saying, and and you know Kate and I had you know talked about this on the phone about customer service, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I'm having uh, a particular problem with uh, a a business software where a there's there's not even an 800 number you can call, nope. you, and and you like you were saying chat. You, you you can't you so you can't talk to a human being. Mm -mm. You can't get them to call you back. Mm -mm. 
the the chat is ridiculous. I hate the chat. And, yeah. and for the most part, they, it's they, not even with a real person. It's no, not even with a real yeah. person. And not only that, they want to do kept... it by email, and, <sighs> they, and then they don't respond to the email for yeah. like things because you and you know that it's going overseas somewhere. It's not even being serviced locally in mm -hmm. the United States somewhere in your time zone. It's you know like oh we'll get, we'll get back to you within twenty four hours. Right. Well, that's right because it's going someplace on the other side of the world in a different time zone, and they don't even have it manned 24-7. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's crazy. And then uh, my local cell provider has been keeping us on, you know, hold with some issues where, you, you know, you're on hold for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Come so on. I had a question about my bill of my local cell phone. I'm not going to say the name of the company. I, I, you notice I didn't say mine either. But I had a question about my bill because it kept going incrementally up over the last three months, like by 50 cents a dollar, three months in a row. And I'm like, that's weird. What's happening here? I knew I couldn't call because I would never get a person. So I had to drive to my stupid mall, hmm. park on a Saturday afternoon, walk all the way through. With your actual legs. With my actual <laughs> legs. Bring my bill and go to the counter and be like, can you help me figure this out? And they did. Okay. But he was annoyed with me. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, he was annoyed. Because heaven forbid you walk in there. And That's like, right. Yeah. He's probably got numbers. He's supposed to be selling mm. phones or upgrades or tablets or whatever. And I felt bad, but not really. Like, I can't even call. I can't, I can't call. What am I supposed to do to get this fixed? Mm. The one that drives me the craziest. <laughs> well, that's when you have an idea. Maybe that's what I have to you do. You should. I need to take this down to the cell phone uh, you need a store person? And, and say, listen, I'm not leaving here until you get this fixed. That's right. Yeah. Call your boss. You've got a boss, right? And he's got a boss. Call him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> No, I was gonna say like the thing that drives me craziest is when you tell like because the, there's always a story you have to tell. You know, you can't just be like the fire stick is broken. <sighs> right. And then like, great. Five minutes later, they bring somebody else on. You gotta tell. And the I'm story. like, well, wait, why do I have to tell the whole story again? Can't you just scroll up through the chat? Or you know, you were saying that the thing was like being recorded. Can't you just like go back and just listen? listen. Like you know, they're typing away, like putting notes in the screen. Nowhere in the notes does it say what I'm calling about. Yep. Like, yep. I hate when I have to tell the story, and that applies to everything. Yeah. Like, you know, you call the doctor, and like <laughs> you have yes. to tell them what's wrong, and then like the assistant comes on the phone, and you're like. Uh, okay, and then you get there, and you have to tell the receptionist, and then you have to tell the, the assistant, doctor, the doctor, yes. and you're just like, can't somebody write this down? You know, I hate that. That's you know what you should do. You should write, write it, down. it down and just and like just hand, hand it to each it. person. Yeah. It works when you're not on the phone, you yeah. know, like at the doctor's office. Sure, like hand them a piece of paper. It would be so funny. You hand them a piece of paper, and they're like, oh, this has got to be bad. You have the cold. You have a flu. <laughs> You couldn't just tell me that? You couldn't just hear it this from somebody else? This is just a list of symptoms for the flu. You know yeah, that, sir, exactly. right? Exactly. And you're like, yes. Yes. Are you and I just that? didn't want to tell 10 <laughs> people, all right? Some of those flu symptoms can be kind of embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I think all we're right. all awful on that, right? Sure. Last one, riding lawnmowers. Boy, that came out of left field. It did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I, I wish you know I I, I heard that they're they're working on kind of like Roombas for your lawn yeah. and I so want that I saw one at the yeah. Minnesota State Fair yeah yeah how did it, it was, go it was amazing yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah it had it, it was this little just the size of a Roomba mm -hmm. in a little fenced in pen with grass and the grass was beautiful and it was just kind of moving along no noise mm. I couldn't believe how quiet it was. But, didn't sound like a lawnmower. How does, it, how does it not suck your dog in? Well, you don't put your dog out while all I that's going know. on. 
Or the, the like random little probably the same way that a, uh, you know like you go to empty the bag and there's blood oh, everywhere. Oh, oh. This got dark really quickly. <laughs> no, there's no bag. There's no attachment yeah, to hold mulching, the lead. Mulching. There's more? none of that. No, it just flips the grass that's been cut out around it as it goes. Yeah. So there's no attachment. To Uses it as the, fertilizer. So right. I, guess, I guess that's called mulching mower. Yeah. Multi blade. Um, my it's interesting because like. I, in my in my youth, I had uh, uh, a riding mower at my home, mm -hmm. um, and of course, this was before I had a driver's license. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I, the best part of having the riding mower was I can remember during one snowstorm because we had a, like a mini snowplow on the front of it that you could, you know, maybe plow an inch of snow. That, you know, yeah. it, it was a very low-powered thing, but I can remember driving to a party on New Year's Eve uh, in a snowstorm. Uh, through town in my little uh -huh. thing because I didn't have a driver's license. But I got to drive the lawn tractor. <laughs> Was down this the in Springfield? Yeah. You drove it. I, I drove it down the, one of the main streets in Springfield to go to uh, uh, a high school party, uh, and then I drove it home. Uh, again, it was during a snowstorm because the police would think like if they stopped me, I would have said, "Oh, I'm going to you know plow my neighbor's oh driveway." Oh my gosh! Uh, luckily, I never got stopped. You know, so uh, that was that was a high school memory. But That's a baller move. That um, is a baller. <laughs> in, the, in the meantime, I've gone wow. from uh, from from that in my uh, uh, youth to um, uh, uh, having just a, a, a walk behind with power driven wheels, mm. uh, and now I've uh, advanced to the fact where I pay someone to come and cut the yes. lawn. That, mission that's accomplished. Mission yeah. accomplished. Yeah. Uh, but I have a feeling someday when I can't afford that, I'll be back behind the lawn. Luckily. Uh, I don't have a huge yard, and I, I could still deal with it uh, in my dotage. My <laughs> I would I would give up other luxuries in order to continue to throw money at that problem. I think. Hmm. But like you, I had a, a riding lawnmower when I was when I was young. So when I was twelve, my parents bought ten acres of land in the middle of nowhere in, in Minnesota, and they built a house. And when I was thirteen, we moved in, and I was far away from the crowds, far away from the city, and that ten acres had to get mowed, or at least the the front. Five <laughs> in mm. front of the house. There was some lawn there. So my dad bought like this mini John Deere tractor that had a riding lawnmower component and it had the um, the plow in the front okay. and it also had a rototiller. Do you know what a rototiller yeah, is? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> when you um, plant a garden or um, crop of any kind, you have to rotate the earth so that oh sure yeah it's it's fresh and uh, and soft. Mm -hmm. You can't just dig a hole and put some seeds in and hope for the best. The whole thing needs to be kind of tilled first. And so this rototiller will do like, I don't know, this much at a time, and then you go up and down and up and down. So I learned how to drive on the, on the John Deere, and I was driving well before I had a driver's license. And I remember that it was a clutch, and the speeds, there were two speeds. There was rabbit, and there was turtle, and there was reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember those. Yeah. You're just like, gun it, rabbit, the whole time. That's right. <laughs> and the rabbit was not that fast. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. I wish that I had worn ear safety. Sure, yeah. Because got to, yeah. I, I did not. I instead wore my headphones and I listened to um, music on volume 11 and I... I have a little. I'm a little hard of hearing as a result of that. Mm. Yeah. I was gonna say, how do you even hear the music even at 11 over the? 
the it's world not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. But I have to ask, having driven to a high school party, yes. did you ever take it off campus and drive to a friend's house? That's no. insane. I'm no. sorry. Anyway, <laughs> friend's, house? friend's house in Minnesota could have been a very like long two day. gallons <laughs> of gas in there. That's exactly right. It was too far away. I couldn't, I wouldn't have made it. You but I did it. drive the tractor from like the front yard to the back barn because it was a quicker trip than walking. Okay. Yeah. That's legitimate. It, it was. Yeah. So, like, if I needed to, like, ask my dad a question and he was out in the barn doing something, with, you know, whatever. I, I mean, you I, grew I up in the... ask, were you, were you a farm girl? I mean... You're Not officially. Like, we didn't farm and sell to, like, the U.S. government or something, right. but we had a huge garden and we had chickens at one point. And my dad um, has always, like, hunted deer and, and duck and whatever. So, very much into eating what we kill. And, harvesting what we eat. And here you are in I know. Jersey. <laughs> I know. I know. Funny story. When they had chickens at one point, and the the rooster, they named him Stu, as in chicken stew, because they knew at okay. some point they were gonna have to kill. And my dad. I know. It's just this very dark. It's awful. I know. It is. So we were. Um, I wasn't there. My dad was getting some eggs one morning, and and Stu jumped on his back. And they've got like really sharp kind of talons. And, you know, they're very territorial. And so Stu jumped on my dad's back, and my dad, like, you know, kind of took him off and said to him, if that happens again, there's going to be a problem. Wait, listen, mister. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's exactly right. The next morning, it happened again. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. I can my see where this is going. <laughs> I see where this is going. Vinny's going to have to, like, play something over this part of the show. <laughs> swear to God, my dad took that rooster and went, bam. Wow. <laughs> Stu for dinner. <laughs> Oh. Wow. See, I. <laughs> it's a different world. I'm out picturing there. <laughs> you growing up in Minnesota and there just being like snow everywhere all the time because that's what Fargo has led yeah. me to believe that that area of the country is like. And I guess that can't be the case if you're growing crops and all that. Yeah. No, it's very hot and humid in the summertime. Wow. Yeah, you okay. would never expect that, but. Anyway. Anyway. Boy, we killed that one. We went yeah. all over the place today. That sure. Was, we killed that one, yeah. <laughs> so we got two left here. It's um, what would be one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Hmm. Boy. Uh, well, I'm sure there are many now, and I'm sure my daughter probably goes, "Why? Why does he keep laying trips on me?" And you know, no. Um, and actually, wait. Before you answer it, I should mention because I forgot as I was asking it to you. This is going to be the last time that this question gets answered. Mm -hmm. Kate and I decided that we're, we're, done we're retiring it. this question. I have that honor? You, you do. do. You have that oh, honor wow. because, you know, we found that just about everyone that comes on the show has the same the answer. The same answer. And I won't say it before you go, okay. but mm -hmm. if it's the same or not, I'll say afterwards, you know, and no, that'll help do. you. Yeah. Okay. So, well, do you already have your answer locked in? I, I have the answer that I was going to use. Okay, so the answer that just about everybody gives is, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, chill and out. Calm down. Yeah, chill out. And uh, so if there's one piece of advice you could get from other people's business, that would be it. <laughs> and if there are two, well, it's you. this. Actually, what I was going to say, sure. and I, maybe it's because of my particular age, is you, you should be looking over the horizon and saving towards retirement. Oh. That's a good that's one. That's a really good one. one. No one's yeah. ever done that one. Because, because I know that in my youth, when I had opportunity, um, had windfalls and this, that, and the other thing, you know, I, I was the type of guy who was all about... Let it roll! Getting, <laughs> you know, getting that extra toy, or, yeah. oh, I can now go on this trip, or whatever. 
And, you know, now I'm saying, boy, you know, if I had put that money away and had it work for me, mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I'd be in a better position to retire when retirement age comes up. Mm. And so if I had a chance to say something to my younger self, I would say, you know, make a, make a plan and stick to it mm -hmm. and don't, uh, don't let your uh, current desires like run away with um, your good uh, common sense. Mark, that is a perfect way to end out that segment. I agree. Permanently. I think that's awesome. Yes. Boy, I can't wait to see the next podcast and see the new question. Yeah, we'll figure yeah, that out. We'll figure that we out. we got some time. Eventually. Um, <laughs> so the only other thing we got, you know, let's say people want to get something printed, you know, either on the small side or on the big oh, side. Oh. How could they get a hold of you guys, um, you know? Hummel Integrated Marketing Solutions at www.hummelsolutions, plural, Dot com. So that's H U M M E L. Yes. Solutions. Uh, we're not. We're not. We're not into porcelain. We're into printing. <laughs> I Humble, was going to make a joke, but I yeah. didn't want to be confusing. Hummel uh, and you can of course get a hold of me by going to Mark M E R K at HummelSolutions.com. Uh, special offer: if you mention this podcast or YouTube, here we go. We'll give you a ten percent discount on your first order. What? Cool. So um, uh, fabulous! You know, uh, it's a way to try us out. Um, if you need any sort of print marketing materials, um, we're, we're your guys. That's awesome. Love Thank it. you so much. Thank you. Wow. Okay. So I guess that's our show. That'll be it. Thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We so appreciate the love. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, thank you to Mark Horowitz from Hummel Integrated Marketing Solutions. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure and a lot of fun. The pleasure has been all ours. 100%. Thanks, See you next time. Bye.